0: Hey you! Welcome to episode 151 of Legally Clueless. Thanks for rocking with this podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the family. Audio episodes like this one go out every single Monday, and if you check out our YouTube channel, you can watch our video series. Season two is ongoing. We have our tour series out as well. It's Legally Clueless on YouTube. Oh, ooh 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 ooh! I almost forgot. We've just hit 10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, which is super awesome, and. If you're one of those 10K people, thank you so much for being part of the fam. All right. So where were? With... Mm. yes, as you have just joined the family, you're checking out our YouTube. Join us on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. A link to it is in the show notes. I'm really excited about this episode because you get to hear a story from a very cool Kenyan that I happened to meet in France. Listen to this.
1: I remember switching courses, I think, two times or three times. And I remember she was typing a lot, of course, because she's typing her project. I got very fascinated with computers Because in our school, in primary school We didn't have computers I think this was going to be the third time I was dropping out of uni <laughs> I said for my attachment I want to do my own project I want to set up a startup So many people sent their ideas because there was so money to be won We sent it in and we got in And even in the incubation program I think we were only three ladies Yeah, it got to a point where it took a really big toll on me Didn't help that my parents and my family Did not understand what I was doing The product was not making money I was not in school. And I was just also questioning a lot. Like, did I make a mistake? I said, ah, let's The developer ecosystem is not very vibrant. My brother-in-law was trying to, you know, talk to me and tell me, why? you going back to Kisumu. There's nothing in Kisumu for you to run a space. You need to pay
0: rent. You need to pay electricity. There are bills to be paid. That's coming up a little later in this episode. I do hope that you're doing well. January is over, but surprisingly, I feel like this year's January moved a lot faster than the years before. (laughs) So I wasn't even ready. It's really flown by. Maybe it's because I have a lot of deadlines, a lot going on. So the days is kind of like, I don't know is that i don't know (laughs) anyway i am glad it's over because february is my birthday month i'm going to be turning 33 on the 5th of february so in about five days six six seven Five, six days, (laughs) six days. I don't know if I care too much about the years after 30 because the third floor is pretty, (sighs) what is the word? Interesting, insightful, clear, like the clarity I've had so far in my 30s is just on a whole other level. I mean, there's a lot more adulting to be done on the third floor, but I would never go back to my 20s. The mental chaos, (laughs) That surrounded quite a few of my years in my 20s. Uh Uh-uh, it's okay. Let's just keep going on this third floor. (laughs) I even hear the fourth floor is better. Let's keep going. But yeah, super excited that my birthday month is starting. And that I'm going to be traveling to Ethiopia this week for like three days in total. But either way, I've found that I really enjoy traveling. 2020 being stuck in the house, in the country was terrible. So, I'm I'm really excited that I get to start my traveling pretty early in 2022. Definitely not looking forward to the covid tests that I have to do because I think they're just uncomfortable first and overpriced. But I am looking forward to being super stimulated when it comes to poetry. I'm writing so much. Like I think I write every day. It's been such a long time since that happened. Like I write a poem every day, or at least I write a concept for a poem every day. It's fantastic. So hopefully the change in environments, maybe something will inspire me in Ethiopia. I don't know. Even though I'm just there for really three days. Let's see how it goes. Okay, about the song of the week. Oh my days. I can't believe I've never shared this song with you. It's by Lauren Vula. who if you listen to the podcast you know I absolutely love and adore. It actually broke my heart. a couple of okay it didn't break my heart. while I'm being so dramatic but it made me feel sad a couple of weeks ago when she posted that she's a bit down that she wasn't selling as many tickets for a performance or her tour and I was like okay we need to go back and like stream all her music because we can't attend her concerts and then I stumbled on one of the songs I completely forgot about and I have just been playing it on loop. I haven't fully read the lyrics because what I really love about this song is the live instruments which is like signature to Laura Mbula's music. How it builds up is just so beautiful. Some lines here and there are just quite poetic and intriguing. I don't know why my neighbor's dog is barking at this hour Anyway, um, the name of the song is I Don't Know What the Weather Will Be. It's really something, the song. Please check it out. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. All right. Throwback to August last year, which is when we went on tour across Kenya. And one of the places that we went to was Kisumu. So what we were doing in all of the cities or counties we went to, we were partnering with like local co-working spaces to just go and record stories there. And hey, maybe even record stories by people in their communities. Now, when we were in Kisumu, our partner was a community space stroke organization for the tech community in Kisumu called Lake Hub. And it was fantastic. They were so awesome. We had such a great day. Unfortunately, because, you know, when I go on tour and I'm recording stories, it's like a marathon back to back to back to back. And I think it's so respectful to, in that moment, give the stories person telling you this story, all your attention. So I never noticed anything happening around me. And the contact that I'd been speaking to, who is the CEO of Lake Hub, his name is James. He wasn't there at the time. So I didn't end up meeting our storyteller today, Dorcas, who's part of the founding team and the director of programs at Lake Hub and an all-round awesome person. But she was there, but we didn't end up meeting that time. Fast forward, that's the fast forward sound, to... I can't crack myself up to October when we actually, I was going to say when I went to France, but yo, the podcast came as well. So we went to France. I was there for the New Africa, France summit. And after the summit and I'd given my speech that I'd been working on for like four days before then in workshops, I just wanted to let loose, you know. So a bunch of us Kenyans got together and went for dinner. And then one of the people at this dinner who sat right next to me is Dorcas. And we begin talking and she's like, yeah, we know each other. We're actually in the same advert. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So earlier that year, I was in an advert for the EU, the European Union, kind of like spotlighting amazing Africans who are innovating, doing amazing things in the creative space, in agriculture, in tech, and so many more spaces. But I hadn't met her because obviously an advert is everybody shoots their paths on different days and Dorcas is in Kisumu I'm in Nairobi so we were in the same advert but we never ever met we were in the same office space when we were doing the tour but we never met and then we met all the way in France and now once again my path with Dorcas crosses in this episode I have partnered with the European Union to help them in celebrating recognizing and accelerating Africans and in this case Kenyans doing amazing things specifically for Dorcas in the tech space and her story is going to take us from her being confused about what in the world she wanted to do you know when it came to getting into university dropping out of courses about three times to her being mentioned in the EU parliament. Legally Clueless in collaboration with the European Union supporting local initiatives.
1: My name is Dorcas. so we know I'm from Kisumu and I grew up I've basically grown up in Kisumu I was not born here but um I was born in Nyeri yeah <laughs> I was born in Nyeri and uh but I moved to Kisumu when I was I think two years old so basically spent my whole life here went to school in Kisumu primary and high school then went to college went to I went to Kenya Polytechnic to Kenya Polytechnic I was very confused like most high schoolers post high school you no know, students who trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. I remember switching courses, courses I think two times or three times. It got to a point where I was just very confused. I didn't know what to do and I, I moved in with my older sister. I grew up with four sisters. We have four girls in our house uh, brought up by just my mom. My dad died when I was uh, very young. When I was with my sister, I was confused because I just didn't know what to do. I'd heard of you know courses but then they were not really appealing to me. I didn't feel them. I remember really choosing to do political Science and that was supposed to be done in the University of Nairobi. But just because my uncle was a political scientist and not because it's, I thought, why he has a good life. Maybe if I study political science, then I might just have a good life. But you see, that's not a reason enough. And deep down, I knew I can't do it just because of that. And then there was, I think, uh, around that. Time that was in six BCOM was very big, and everyone was doing BCOM. So I said, "Oh yeah, BCOM. That's where it is at." So <laughs> I enrolled to study BCOM at um, Kenya Poly. Kenya Poly, of course, uh, I was—I I wasn't very excited to go to school to 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 go study BCOM, and I moved in with my sister who was who just was still in campus. She was doing her a project last year, project and i remember she was typing a lot of course because she's typing her project i got very fascinated with computers and you know just just typing i said oh you can type that because in our school in primary school we didn't have computers and i remember that that was the first time i was really interacting with computers and interacting at this point was just switching on the computer playing movies the you know cd and and that was it i said can i type? Can I help you type your project? She said, okay, yeah, you can. So that was what I was doing and it used to take me so much time and I, I enjoyed it. Then at that point, she was dating her now boyfriend who was uh, a programmer, just getting into programming. And I, I was so fascinated with the zeros and ones and the numbers and letters. I said, wow, this is this is beautiful. This is magic. I was so drawn to it. So we made, was it a park? We did something with my brother-in-law. He was also very happy that that I was interested in computers. And computers were very new then. Programming was very really new. So he said, okay. Um, I told him, I don't really like what I'm studying now. I said, okay. So go find a university or college uh enroll yourself I'll, I'll help you i'll get you money to enroll <laughs> and you'll study IT I said okay this was just between the two of us because <laughs> this was i think this was going to be the third time I was dropping out of uni <laughs> I went to town so confused trying to find a university and I bumped into Mount Kenya University I said okay I I took my papers there and they said okay yeah you will be admitted and that's how I got admitted so my mom doesn't know no one knows at this point my sister has wind of it but she doesn't understand what we are doing but she knows uh so I've moved from typing her projects huh to now doing things with my brother-in-law her boyfriend now (laughs) yeah i'm a teenager we are just you know vibing and yeah yeah, you can do this you can do that like yeah i'm really appreciative of him because he was he was in campus then also just trying to make money but for him to offer to pay my my uni you know (laughs) like that that's something yeah so yeah that's how i got in he studied electrical engineering and he moved from electrical engineering to coding out of interest and curiosity and i was curious And i think for him it was like finding someone else who's curious about it but you know also because for him he had at some point through you know some of his courses in electrical engineering like Come across coding. I hadn't, so it was just me stumbling upon this thing, and I got so curious about it. So I think, I guess, that was fascinating for him, and to see me getting very excited about about that. My first day was I I, I remember going through my units and say, oh yeah, these are actually I'm I'm ex-, because I can't remember my units from BCOM and even when I tried to register for political science and all that, I I don't remember so much. But I remember MKU. The courses were very exciting and just. No, oh now i'm going to learn java oh that that's something yeah but also i must i must confess that i also like them is it not really the status but the uniqueness of it mm. just being able to tell people i can do java <laughs> i really i really love that i i, I confess oh, so in the first day we when i got in we were i think in our class we were about 30. We were three women, three, and we became friends. We're still friends today. We were three and we, yeah, we did a lot together. So what really also, because that was just one of one stage of me getting deep into tech because you get in and you realize oh there's actually a lot of work to be done it's not just you know java and all that. there's a lot of learning that goes into it i was ready for that i didn't i didn't just <laughs> again change my mind and i also have to mention that i think at this point now my mom knows and she's done with me eh? because <laughs> i'm the last born and my sisters did the good and direct courses that people understand. They're in nursing, they're in administration. So it, that's easy to understand. And it didn't help that I'd switched courses so many times. Mm. Now I'm doing this. <laughs> they're like, okay. In MKU, I had to, like most uh, Kenyan curriculum curriculums, you have to find uh, attachment. And I was looking for an attachment. I said, for my attachment, I want to do my own project. I want to set up a startup startup company that was very ambitious but i said oh yeah that's what i want to do i think i was 20 or 21 then i said i want to yeah that's what i want to do i'm gonna look for an idea and develop a product out of it and that's gonna be my attachment so i did and for the project i linked up with again my friend the other lady who we went class with she's called esther so esther and i came up with this idea of you know, linking small-scale farmers to buyers because esther's background is in uh, the parents are farmers and all that it was a good idea we were ready to code it we were ready to you know create it but then how do you then tell your teachers your lecturers that you know for my attachments actually i'm gonna work from this product which hopefully or which i want to turn into a company you know that's just c- crazy So lucky for me, there was a challenge by Safaricom. Safaricom was opened a challenge where they were going to support startups ideas like that and incubate them, just help them grow and this was going to be done together with Strathmore University. So an incubation program said wow this is my chance. So we sent our applications. I remember I think we had there was so many people sent their ideas because there was so money to be won. We sent it in and we got in. I think uh, they only took 12 people. Yeah I mean, we were among the twelve, and even in the incubation program, I think we were only three ladies. So I mean, that was just affirming me. I, I went to school very confidently and told my lecturers. So for my attachment, I have a company that I'm building, <laughs> and we're doing it with Esther. And we have this like, what? I remember my lecturer asked me, "How do you get these opportunities? <laughs> How did you get this opportunity?" So I just applied and I got in, and I worked on on that product for years. I think, uh, but four years. I was just on it. it I, I fundraised. We were category winners at the end of the program. So we got some money. We, we fundraised. We got into other programs. There was the DEMO Africa, which is also now a regional africa yeah every year and i learned quite a lot uh, at that age i was you know meeting investors and trying to pitch to them and telling them why they need to invest in this company Uh, i was talking to farmers i was building it i was coding doing everything so at this point i'm still in uni but then i'm thinking i need to focus on my product because i cannot balance both i remember my family also is also now more confused he said, "You are now. You have a company. What? You, is, no, that's not how companies work. Say it's a startup company. My brother-in-law is excited for me, but also again, also a bit confused. <laughs> yes, because I'm telling him for me to build this, I need to give school a break <laughs> because I need to focus on this. I, I remember people used to speak in lotus, not even lotons. You know, when you're the last born, everyone thinks you're a child. They're like, what is she doing now with her life? What is she doing? Wh- what? What?" What is she doing? Because there's a time, there's a there's a photo that appeared on one of the newspapers, and I was with the late Bob Colimo. She's she's what? She's with Bob. Col- she works for Safaricom. I mean, there was a lot of confusion at home. She works for Safaricom now. We we, we we don't know what she's doing. So, you know, it was also very challenging because the startup ecosystem in Kenya was just growing. The tech startup ecosystem was just growing. There was a lot to be figured out. It didn't help that I was a, a young woman in the space because there are not so many women also in the space. Still, there are not so many women in the space uh, tech ecosystem. So, my mentor, I remember my mentors, my the people I, I was talking to were uh, men and older men. I was also very uncomfortable most of the times because they would uh, sometimes ask us ask me to go meet them in, in you know hotels restaurants and it's uh, it's it was so uncomfortable fundraising and all that but but beyond that also just the whole process of fundraising and building a product is not very easy especially if you don't have a very good support system around you I mean I'm very appreciative of the programs that I was part of because I made so many strides. I met so many people that I'm still in contact with. But then the whole process was, uh, yeah, I got to a point where it took a really big toll on me. Didn't help that I, my parents and my family did not understand what I was doing. The product was not making money. I was not in school. And I was just also questioning a lot. Like, did I make a mistake? Yeah. And I remember my brother-in-law coming back and telling me, and also my mom talking to me and telling me you know what you can actually find a job you if you know you know how to code my brother-in-law is now telling me you know how to code you you'll find a job and you'll be paid you'll be paid well software developers are paid well so you can come back but then I was in Nairobi. Then all this time I was in Nairobi, and I knew James. James now is the CEO of Lake Hub. because we were in the same spaces together. James was a student at um, Maseno University. I was in Nairobi. Uh, I came to Kisumu. I came back to Kisumu. My mom lived, uh, used to live in Kisumu, so I came back to Kisumu to live with my mom. My in Kisumu. I said, Ah, this Kisumu, the, 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 the developer ecosystem is not very vibrant eh? mm-hmm. because most students would. Most IT students will leave and go to Nairobi because that's where the action was. I said okay, now I'll be organizing trainings for people who want to get into software development. I'll do it. And James was doing that as well, but he was doing it in Maseno. I wasn't a student at Maseno, so I was just doing it for anyone who cared to to be part of it. Mm-hmm. While doing this, I got to partner with Google. You know, which time like Google saw this and you know they came in and said, oh yeah, uh, we like what you're doing. We'll we'll you know fund and help some of your programs also so this was also again another affirmation so the other startup is you know, now esther and my other co-founder now jay are running it they're kind of running it but they're also trying to they're trying to find ways of making money mm-hmm. mimi i'm here i took a sabbatical <laughs> Um, <laughs> i said okay you guys figure out uh so connect now for now i need to because i can't i don't know where to i don't i don't even have a proper place to live because yeah i don't i'm not pay, I, I don't have money i need to go back home to my, ma- my house now my mom's place and yeah that's why i said okay i'm in kisumu i might as well do something i might hold training when i was moving back to kisumu that's when my brother-in-law was trying to you know talk to me and tell me why are you going back to kisumu there's nothing in kisumu you have more opportunities in tech in nairobi than in kisumu i said "Um, this feel so like Kisumu is it there's something about i need to I, there's something about Kisumu. so james was you not know, doing it i was doing it this end but we used to meet once in a while i we went back to nairobi again <laughs> i was now between Kisumu and nairobi figuring things out sometimes you know second connect looks up and we uh, investors are calling us or there we need to do a presentation and when i was in nairobi james then sends me a text like oh yeah i managed to get a space i ru- the space was a hall." <laughs> made it together so i said really it was on google charts literally said to, to find your lake up. i said really I said yeah and that's why i moved i moved to kisumu and you know now setting up lake up. and yeah it was it was quite a ride because we didn't think i didn't think of you know for you to run a space even if it's a hall, you need to pay rent. You need to pay electricity. You need there are things. There are bills to be paid. And aside from bills, you need to have activities running there. <laughs> for a couple of weeks, James and I were just sitting and looking at each other <laughs> because there was actually nothing to do. So when we were setting Up, we were setting it to be a space where developers can come, startups can come and you know explore and just work together like a meeting point mm. for. These people. We only saw this happening in Nairobi. And the reason why the tech, it's not like in Kisumu people are not learning tech or, or doing that. It's just that there were no opportunities in Kisumu. So people had to go to Nairobi to do it. So with this setup, our vision was we'd have a melting point of everyone. So people that want to explore entrepreneurship, young people that want to explore entrepreneurship, developing and, you know, just startups, and in hopes to, that will attract investors and also just create a buzz in the tech ecosystem in kisumu but the, you know this takes a while it's not something that you know just because you have a space people think ah they look very serious kwanzaa they're like hey, eh, you people what, what, what are the programs we've run actually nothing so now before we run the programs we need money <laughs> how much money have you managed 10k <laughs> Like, nah, just figure it out and then let us know. <laughs> we'll still be here. So in the beginning, I'm very psyched up, eh? I'm like, yeah, I know we're getting no's, but this is the process, eh? Remember, I also had experience with the startup, but the startup started on a high. So I got to a point where we were like, hey, okay, this maybe was not a very good idea. But then the good thing is we had we had people, guys coming in, in and out of the space, young people that were doing what we had hoped for so it it started growing also organically but then we started creating programs around the activities that people are it's the activities that were happening in the hub so say we have students from maseno university coming and they're very interested in python so it's python python programming language we have like four people that are interested in python Said, oh you know what we can do now create a python user group and invite more people to come learn learn python and so then we also get people who have business ideas startup ideas like oh now you know what we need to do every evening maybe fridays we need to just have a forum where we exchange ideas so yeah so that's just creating a community around there it's not like so when we had the meetups it's not like we had so many people we we're like 10 when we had 20 we we're like oh we have twenty today, so that's encouraging in the process also i'm i, I noticed that there were not so many women coming to the space. I remember getting getting feedback from someone saying it's it's a very also intimidating space for women because we like i said it was a hall a small hall and at one point you'd find like six dudes just hanging out with their computers and working, and then Mimi there because you know when you come in it's you know there's men and it's it's one of those spaces that you think uh. I'm not seeing so many female faces, mm-hmm. so it's not. And yeah, and that was something. Just thinking of even all the spaces that I was, I was in, even in Nairobi, the, the number of women were just very few. So I then started deliberately running programs to bring in more women. I was organizing trainings for women. So you see the the user groups and the pitching. I said, okay, now we can have just for women, like women, Python women group, and the reception to, I mean, women really liked it. But also because there were not so many women studying computer science or computer related courses in uni, we didn't get as many women as we had hoped for. So my plan was to Try to convert people that were studying other courses to, <laughs> to come in, which was also not very... Because I'd get uh, journalism students and tell them, oh, so now we need to study databases for like a two hours or three hours session. And then never come back. And <laughs> they didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> <You> no. <know. laughs> I see how, why now. But so what, what now I found, what worked was I started going to primary schools. And in the primary schools, I would uh, bring in programs for, you know, young girls and tell them, oh, we're going to study computers. And we're going to make apps and games. So in primary school and then in high school. Then, and it's, it just kept growing and growing and became a thing. And it's still a thing until now. Yes. Yeah, so every January, I get calls from principals asking me, oh, are you coming to our school now? Yeah, and so it got to a point where I couldn't even uh, manage the students. To I mean mentor and train the students because there were so many. Now I had to say that oh we can only take ten per school or maximum of ten or five. There are years I only took five in a school because so many people were so many schools were interested in this, but also because they were saying the feedback I was getting was most students that have had gone through the the program really scored. It's called A's in in computer studies. It was so easy to now teach them computer studies, which was considered a very hard, which is sometimes considered a very hard subject in school. But after going through, you know, building, which is so funny, we made it so much fun because I got university students to come in and help the training. And we just made it fun. It wasn't a teacher-student relationship. It was just, you know, we tried to make it, as oh, mates learning and crack jokes while doing it. Yeah, and it's really grown. And the students have really gained so much attention students that went through the program and almost 90% are studying computer related courses in in uni yes and I think now with that we got we, we started getting funding for, for our programs. The other programs were also now picking up. We were not just pitching. We had people coming in and telling us, oh yeah, now can we develop a three-month program out of this pitching and help startups in Kisumu grow. I, I don't think there was a specific moment of when I knew, but there were so many things that were happening that reaffirmed me. So because it Used to be up and down. One time you're doing it so well, and then the other time things are just falling. Everything is falling apart, and you're wondering what you're doing. Actually, there are moments that I can point out. There's a time just out of the girls that I was training, they got a chance to, as us, to take them to San Francisco to pitch their product. So the product was very, you know, simple products that just come in when we are joking and like oh what do we make what app do you uh, guys want us to make and you know it's getting attention and like huh now we are going to San Francisco and we are at Google presenting this then also there are times when you remember the events that I used to hold like small events there's a time I I remember pitching it to telling a few people that I considered I really admired in the tech space Uh, one of them Dorothy Dorothy Oko telling her she's like oh that's a very good idea i would actually come to Gisumu for one and you know for, for me that was, ah, if, I mean, Dorothy wants to come to my event, then this is, this is big. And she said, oh, I'll bring, I'll even bring in my colleagues from Google. Yes, to be, to be in your conference. And, you know, that's, that I was like, huh. So they really do like, I am doing something, huh? Eh? And then the attempts when, say the local dailies want to write about it, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, disrupting the Kisumu tech space. And then, I think there was also the time when, very early on, an organization in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, the, the cradle of tech really said oh yeah we have we run this feature called women of silicon valley and we want to write about you ah so uh, here in kisumu <laughs> in Sharks, people really also i mean it's gotten out of kenya and now even silicon valley is interested in writing about these stories so i i guess the very small maybe not really small but such events really keep saying reaffirmed me Because I needed it and (laughs) I needed that. So one of the accolades that I received was the Sakharov Prize. I was actually a nominee and it wasn't just me, it was me plus the group of girls that I was mentoring and training because at that point we were creating an app for, I was helping these girls create an app for rescuing or helping girls who have gone through or at risk of going through FGM female genital mutilation and the Sakharov Prize identifies people that have put themselves in line to support say human rights so we were nominees and it's it's not it's it's not a small thing because it's the european parliament that identifies the people they want to to award there was also a very big point of Affirmation because now it's it's not Kenya it's not just silk you know it's Kenya because you're Kenyan and you're doing the work in Kenya and then Silicon Silicon Valley it's because it's tech and you know tech people know tech it's easy to be known it's not easy but you you'd see how you'd be known as a tech person in Kenya in Silicon Valley but then when it's now European Parliament you're like oh okay <laughs> because that's you know that's something else that's over there in France next to you know Germany uh, Strasbourg. Like, oh, even people in Strasbourg are talking about us. Mm-hmm. So so when we got the news of the Sakharov, I didn't know what Sakharov was. I'll sign from there. Like so we got an email and like, Oh, we've been trying to get in touch with you guys <laughs> We're not responding to email. There's a Sakharov plant. They remember I called the girls and told them, Ah, oh, there's this thing called Sakharov, eh? Check it out. We're checking it out and you saying, Oh, these people were nominees. I mean winners, big names, eh? Yeah, Malala. Like, okay, uh, I think there was a point um, Mandela was also in the in the list, uh, the, their laureate. Oh, it's big, eh? So we were told, don't speak about it first. You, you guys are in line for, for the award. Don't speak about it yet. So on the day of uh, when the names were going to be, like the top three were going to be mentioned, I was traveling, I was, I was meant to be in Addis. But then we started getting calls from journalists. Like, oh, we want to be with you. We want to record you when you're receiving the news. Like, Like... I told them, I'm, a, I'm at the airport. I'm leaving. I know we can't come to the airport as you wait. He said, No, no. <laughs> I don't even think I want to. I want you guys at the airport. So, because uh, the girls who are, are in campus, they, they're asking me, don't we, What do we do? They're asking if they can come to our rooms in campus. He <laughs> said, No, 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 don't want If you're not comfortable, then don't do it. Just tell them um, you, you prefer to talk to them after. So then, because there was a lot of buzz around us, then just went, Oh, it's actually a big thing, eh? And now the EU president was the one to name the names and our names were being called like what? <laughs> so yeah, that was big. Funnily, I don't know why, but I I knew it was big, but I, it didn't dawn on me that it was big until I was not until I was in Strasbourg. Not actually until I was given a handler when I was in Strasbourg. <laughs> and we had uh we we arrived and there was a schedule and they're like oh yeah Dory we'll be your uh, uh I'll be working with you. I had like three like this is uh this is your schedule for the two days three days you'll be meeting this person meeting this person we need to i mean everything was so organized i was like oh okay then at one point we were you know networking and i'm just thinking it's you know people are just networking and i have a translator next to me and someone is whispering oh that's the, the mp4 xyz i'm like oh okay <laughs> like telling i only see this in the movies <laughs> like yeah it's whispering in my ear <laughs> and translating and everyone is so official. you know i i I get that. i'm like oh we are going to meet xYZ so that is when it became i mean it became also very overwhelming then i i had to in, in the European Parliament they have different houses I had to speak in different houses and speak to this and I had a meeting with the eu president i had a meeting with all these people like okay this is big this is big after after that there are so many opportunities that have come out of that people that really want to work with us and people that also it's also just now beyond me then lake it's sort of stamped it like it's a credible organization and if you can recognize them for the work they are doing and even yesterday i got an email from someone from the eu saying oh yeah we need um, from the eu region we need to one was wondering if we can work on a project together and all that yeah so when we came back huh and just thinking about what we just experienced and i remember having this conversation with the girls and i'm happy that i got to experience i call them the girls those guys yeah the high school guys i remember having this conversation with them and like one of the things that they said they're like You know when they say the sky is the limit? And you think, oh no, we just say it. We were with the EU president having dinner and lunch. Like, literally now, nothing is impossible. And you know, it's not something that they were saying just because they were saying it's the reality their reality like nothing is literally impossible and i think one of the for me personally the thing is i'm not afraid of dreaming because i remember telling my friend who asked me us how are you feeling what's now what's next for you mates i have lived like my wildest dreams and even you know there are times you dream uh, and you know oh, i want to do this i want to do this. but then there are dreams that you don't even dare dream them because they're so out of reach for me now it's i dream i mean like there's no cap of how far i can dream or how far i can go but even for lake like i'm not i'm not afraid to take risks like this is not this is, it's wild but it's not impossible so for women that want to get into the tech space and especially the african women curtain don't hold back because for me for someone like me who didn't have any background i didn't even study packages you remember how in high school after high school you used to study computer packages. i didn't even study computer packages i got to interact with a proper computer after high school that was just switching it off and off and typing that was so fascinating for me and have been able to reach here like it's it's so possible i don't even know how i can (laughs) how i can articulate it but aside from me the girls that i i work with i also try so much to work with underprivileged girls girls that would otherwise not get these opportunities because sometimes it's so easy to tell someone to just get in and where do they even start (laughs) you know if you have a chance or if you if you're curious about it and you you're called because i actually call people to be I am I, that. Oh yeah, come, 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 be part of this. I know it's very, very intimidating. It's it's intimidating to be in that space sometimes when you start uh, in the beginning. But keep at it. When once you get in, uh, just get in and be curious about what's mm-hmm. going on in the in the space. It's also very important for me to mention consistency mm-hmm. because stopping and you know there are times when you want to stop and because it's hard, take a rest <laughs> and then wake up and continue doing doing it because I tell people I'm not like the brightest or I wasn't the smartest in 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 class and I wasn't scoring you know A's and distinctions but I think what I've noticed for me and from the girls that I train and and, and all that is that they show up they just show up sometimes just show up and you not know, be there just showing up is very 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 important I guess for me it's always just showing up and I'll be there I'll I'll listen to to it I'll, and just, even beyond showing up is give it also a chance like just push yourself even if it's just kidogo and see ah yeah let's let's see where this takes me <laughs> i'm happy to be in a place where we are creating spaces for for people for women for students and young people who are curious about tech and um, am happy that Cab is doing it also that we have partners that believe in us because if someone else you know if it's one thing to believe in your dream but it's also it's something else for someone to come in and say, oh yeah, I like what Do- LACAB is doing and I like their vision and I want to invest in that vision. LACAB is now just even beyond supporting young people and to grow their business, their ideas. We have also helped grow other spaces like this. So you'll find that there are young people who were who incubated at LACAB, but then it's something that LACAB was not doing for them, they said, okay, we have learned a lot from Lake Hub, but then we, we need this. So they have actually gone out to create spaces like Lake Hub. And, you and know, that's how also an ecosystem grows. So for Lake Hub to be able to help other hubs grow within Kisumu, that's, that's mm-hmm. just amazing and great, and it's not something... We didn't even anticipate that. We just want, knew we were going to help individuals, mm-hmm. but for companies and hubs to grow out of it that's crazy so i'm happy that we are in that space now that's beyond just inspiring individuals we're inspiring growth of companies and uh that our programs when when other people believe in your dreams and they want to support that that's Grand, <laughs> so I know this year we have one of the programs we are launching is coding program for girls, girls in underprivileged areas also. We're doing it together with UNDP, and that's a big organization to partner with. And we are expanding. It's not just now Kisumu. There's uh, you know Busia, and people in say CIA so they're like oh can we replicate what you're doing because you're doing a very good job here can we do it in other areas and we'll support you to do that project in that those areas so that's that's big just to also mention that through the eu the french the french were like we need to work with you we have we are working with the french embassy now and also reaching again more girls and also running just running programs on increasing you know, participation of women in tech. We expanded our program to Turkana and now yes, I, last year we did a, a program in Turkana and worked with 50 girls in Turkana. We are working with farmers to build agritech products for you know for farmers even in, in Western Kenya. This dream that was just very hazy is now you know it's clearing up and people can see it and we have a team it's not just me and James looking at each other <laughs> like we started.
0: Legally Clueless, powered by the European Union, enhancing Kenyan ideas, creativity, and entrepreneurship by supporting different sectors from tech, education, agriculture, and healthcare. Visit EU in Kenya on Facebook to find out more on what's happening near you. One thing that I really love about this entire journey recording African stories is when you listen to someone's story, you can actually hear their energy seep through. And know, Dorcas, you can just tell she's just got some very good energy about her quite the interesting storyteller if ever she wants to change (laughs) career paths and I just love that she shared this really windy road that she took to doing her part to building the tech space in Kisumu regardless of what people were telling her she just kind of kept going and even just her thoughts on having more women in the tech space in the continent, when we went to record the story, we actually went to Kisumu for the day. Towards the beginning of January, which is super awesome, by the way, you should definitely try it if you're in Nairobi, <laughs> if you can. A change of scenery, but um there were some young girls at Lake hub Dorcas was just like interacting with one of them, talking about code, and like the laptop is open, and there's all of these things that I definitely have no idea. <laughs> what they are all of these numbers and it just is you know one of those things that you're like she's passing on knowledge across generations so effortlessly it's such an important thing that we're witnessing and it's happening almost so casually that was quite something so to find more inspiring people and their inspiring stories and to learn more about how the eu in Africa is celebrating, recognizing, and in some cases, accelerating these particular people, just go to the Facebook page, which is EU in Kenya. I've put a link in the show notes, but in case you have no show notes, it's www.facebook.com forward slash EU. You in Kenya. I've actually also put a link to Lake Hub so you can check out what they're doing in case you're in Kisumu or even if you're not and you want to collaborate with them, which I think everybody should. They're awesome. They really helped us during our tour. Yeah, a link to their website is in the show notes as well. And if you are sitting there and you're just like, yo, I want to share my stories well on the podcast, you can. There is a link to a Google form in the show notes. Just fill it out and I will get back to you. And finally, if you are in Kenya, you can catch this podcast on Trace Radio. Just go to traceradio.co.ke to check out all the... Hmm, wow, I've been doing podcasts for so long, I forgot about... Frequencies. They're called frequencies. To check out all the frequencies <laughs> that you can catch Trace on... Around the country. And of course you'll find Legally clueless there. Every Monday and Wednesday. At 12 noon and 11pm. And Fridays at 12 noon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To the very end. If you're also a fed baby. And your birthday is this first week. Happy birthday to us. <laughs> Here's to many more years. Of healing. Of growth. Hmm. And Ooh. And those laughters that make you cry, you know, you know those times when you're hanging out with people and they're, they're hilarious or something hilarious happens and you laugh so hard, you're like clapping like a seal and crying in your stomach. Yeah, I want many more of those moments <laughs> in all my years.